Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcasts. It's like radio. But it's not on the radio. It's things to lose, so you got to feel it. I want them to feel it, but we got to use this now to be better. Backstrips it! My oh my! Khalil Mack, he is unbelievable! WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. Eddie Jackson, for the fifth time in his young career, has a touchdown. With WGN's Adam Hogue. Are you ready? Chicago Sun-Times, Adam Johns. What's up, everybody? Tearing it up. Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. Touchdown, Bears! What's up? Welcome in from very lovely Arizona. Do you know what episode this is? No, I lost lost track. track. Good, good, that's good. Under your advice. iTunes will be happy with you. Yeah. No, they they don't care anymore, apparently. Hey, speaking of that, we're on Spotify now. I was told this week, uh, which is a big development. Yes. I know we get we hear from uh, listeners all the time. They're like, why are you guys not on Spotify? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't have control well, over Well, now that. we are. Now we are. So Listen to us on Spotify. You can find Hogan Johns on Spotify. Uh, we are in Arizona. The owners' meetings have wrapped up, and we got a big – I mean, this might actually be our biggest podcast, um, not just in terms of what we're going to bring you here in a little bit, but in – in terms of length, there's so much to get through from the last three days. Uh, we had an hour-long sit-down with Matt Nagy yesterday. I got a ton of things I want to bring you from that. Um, Ryan Pace, we sat down with him yesterday. I have some things I want to bring you from that. And then George McCaskey yesterday was outstanding and told some uh, some incredible stories about his Super Bowl ring and uh, the parade back in 1985. Um, I guess the parade would have been 86, but... Uh, we're going to bring a big they jump get what we, too. They get what we mean. Yeah. Everybody uh, knows the 85 Bears. Have you have you heard of the 85 Bears? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. I think they get talked about a little bit in Chicago. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. If you've been doing that over the last few days, you know that there's been a ton of news down here. Uh, we're going to discuss it all. You can also read us at WGN Radio dot com slash bears i'll have a new 10 bears things column up with kind of wrapping up everything from arizona john's already he's been a one-man show down here for the sun times i'm you've spent been, you've been working your butt off yes yes trying yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. do john's a favor go to chicago sometimes.com and read all his Click some covered. damn stories yeah <laughs> uh rate and review us on uh, itunes google play and now spotify it's all there for you um we just sat down with ryan pace and matt Nagy together that's the big surprise of this podcast for you. The big reveal. Uh, uh, the, yeah, we, uh, you know, the, they're, they seem like they're so tight and close, and we wanted to kind of hear them together because other than a few press conferences they've done together, which is not really a loose and relaxed setting, you don't really get to hear. You hear them individually, but you don't really get to hear them together. They didn't have collared shirts on today. No. The photo accompanying this podcast, if you see it, you'll see everyone was chill. Yes. 
Very relaxed. We're, we're wearing golf polos. I've been underdressed all week on purpose. I don't care. Uh, today I felt like overdressed compared to them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, it's fun, though. So Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, might as well get into it right now. Okay. Um, here they are. This is a, about a 20-minute sit-down with the general manager of the Chicago Bears and the head coach, Matt Nagy. I should say, your coach of the year, Matt Nagy, and your executive How about of the that? year, Ryan Pace, sitting down uh, with us together here in Arizona. Well, as the owners' meetings wrap up here in Arizona, we wanted to uh, get the two guys here together, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. Thanks for sitting down, guys. No problem. Yeah, it's great to be here. It's a good way to, to end the week. <laughs> yeah, it's been busy. Sounded like the coaches especially were busy yesterday trying to get all that replay stuff Yeah, it was. Out. It's been, uh, you know what, though? It was a lot of good constructive uh, uh, discussions. Everybody put in a lot of good ideas, uh, sitting back listening to it. Uh, and I think that's the way it really should get done is uh, everybody has a voice. You talk it through. You try to figure out what's best for, for our league. And uh, inevitably, I think that's what we did. Now, George, uh, we sat down with him in that courtyard right over there uh, yesterday. He said that you two guys and Ted Phillips were influential in changing his mind when it came to the new pass interference non-call rule. Can you guys just take us through your, your convincing? Yeah, well, you know, it's... it's uh, this rule's been in place for a long, long time in regards to um, the you know not looking at the instant replay or, or putting a flag on the field per se with, with being able to for a coach to to look at that uh, a non call and we know how significant it was last year in that game with the Saints and the Rams and I think if you really just take a thirty thousand foot view of this situation, the biggest thing that we needed to come away with was. Um, last year with what happened in that game it was unfortunate but we can't possibly allow that to happen again and I think with now with this new rule and this proposal that got passed uh, it, it, it shouldn't happen again and and uh, I think that's why it was a, a win for everybody and when you talk to George he you know he he's been in this league for a long time and he started understanding that part of it, and we're just fortunate that uh, that that uh, he wanted to, to to be on that side and vote for it so one of the most important questions we have today, Ryan, do you have a Bitmoji? <laughs> That's a good question. Actually, don't it, lie. It, it, yeah. Don't lie. So the truth is I do have one, <laughs> and Matt is the one who created my Bitmoji, which looks nothing like me. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, Matt made it, so I have one. We have to see that before this, this interview is over. And there, so there's a hair. One to, to use, I oh, guess. No, it's oh, for yeah. him? Yes. It's, yeah. it's absolutely <laughs> perfect. I mean, it is like the perfect wave, the slick, the everything's just right, you know? I'll and, show it to you. He, there's a lot of gray hair on it. I'll, I'll show it to you. <laughs> well, we, were, I mean, we had fun with that yesterday, talking to you about some of the stuff with Andy Reid. Uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to get you guys here together, though, is, I mean, it seems like you guys have become pretty close. I mean, how much do you guys hang out in the off season, during the season, whatever? Well, it's a lot, but it's it's good though. You know, it's uh, um, we don't live far away from each other, so that part is, is nice. Uh, Ryan kind of steered me in, in his direction to, to his area, and so and our wives get along really well, which is that's that's huge to, to have that. But you know what, Adam, to tell you the truth, 
I, I knew it was going to be that way in the very first interview uh, when he interviewed me um, that day. Later that night, he flew uh, Stephanie in town, and our wives got to meet, and we just had an instant connection. And, uh, you know, the, the best part about it is it's just, uh, you know, he's real. He's, he's honest. There's no, there's no agenda. There's no ego. There's no power trip. None of that. And I think um, people talk about us being a yin and yang and being a little bit, you know, we, we, we offset each other really well, but that's why it makes it so easy. And he's just a, a good person, and, and I like being around good people. Back to those bitmojis, what sparks that in the, the text conversations in order for those to be shared amongst you guys? I, I know Annie reads his cheeseburgers or pancakes. I mean, what's it with Ryan? The, the, the bit emojis get going back yes. and forth. It could be anything. I mean, we're all, we're always texting back and forth. I mean, it's to the point now when we're watching video, we'll film a play and send that clip back and forth to us. So there's pretty much constant dialogue all the time between us, and uh, it's just natural, like Matt said. I think it's funny when you go back and you look at our backgrounds too, how we grew up, where we came from. There's so many commonalities, um, which just make us a lot alike, and so it just it's just easy. Well, Ryan, you've talked a lot about you know what you had in New Orleans and. And when we got the job in Chicago, how much you wanted to, you know, get that cohesion at the top of the organization. So when you when you interviewed Matt, I mean, how long did it take you to realize that, you know, that that was going to work? It was it was like Matt said, pretty immediate. But you know, I, we I had done so much work prior to it and just knew so much about Matt that that uh, you kind of wanted it to naturally come to you. But I, I kind of knew it before we even started the interview that it was going to be that way. And then as each day's gone by, it's just gotten better and better. And, and we said it. You know, I, I saw it in New Orleans, and there's, I mean, the relationship between the general manager and the head coach is pivotal, you know, and I think we have that. And then that trickles down to our personnel department and our coaches working hand-in-hand hand together. So every decision we make, we're arm-in-arm, arm, and uh, that just makes those decisions more accurate. How much will you guys travel together for this next part of the, the, the offseason in terms of you got all these pro days uh, that, that are coming up? Will you guys be hand-in-hand? Hand? I mean, we, we joked yesterday about the, the Ohio State thing, but um, how connected will you guys be going from stop to stop to stop? Yeah, no, that, that's just what we do. I, he just said it. You know, we these decisions – um, we bounce off of each other and and we look for for support but also if there's uh, if there's a you know a slight difference in opinion on what we think, then we dig into the why part. You know why is that? And if that means we got to watch more tape of this person, um, if that means that we got to go see somebody, if that means we got to talk to other people within our our uh, building, then we'll do that. But um, we just we we that's what we believe in is togetherness and and unity and. If that means going somewhere together, that's what we're going to do. If he's out on the road somewhere and I'm back at the office with meetings or vice versa, we'll call each other up. We'll send a bit emoji with a thumbs up or thumbs down. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you talked yesterday about uh, how you talked to Andy Reid at the end of, you know, on your way home from the, the Eagles loss. How did you guys cope together after the loss and just the way that so suddenly ended? Well, I'll say this, um, you know, Ryan is always you can you, you see it within him. He's he's a half he's a, a glass half full type guy. So he always even after that game as tough as that was and the, your emotions that are boiling and how you know it's it's crushing. It's it's hard and, and there's just so many different people that you got to be concerned for. Um, you know he comes into my office after every game and after that one. You know we we both felt that loss together. But it, but in the end we knew that there's a there's a silver lining to this thing and we knew that just 
just let the pain hit you for a little bit, but then within the next 24, 48 hours, step back and realize what we accomplished this year. And he's always been great. And, and I think he makes it loud and clear. He'll always remind me before going into every game in, in, my, in my office, before the game starts on Sunday, what I always talk about is just be you, right, and, and keep doing what you believe in. And that when you have that constant push and support from the general manager and from your partner and your teammate, it makes those decisions during the game a lot easier. And then when you lose a tough game like that and you have that support from somebody, even when times are bad, uh, I think that's why in the end people will hopefully be happy with what we end up doing here. And I remember coming in the office on Monday. Now you've kind of digested everything, and and Matt and I are talking, and this is before he's going to address the team. And immediately it switches to motivation, you know. And, you know, Matt's statement was, you know, you're never staying the same. You're either getting better or you're getting worse, and we need to make sure we're doing everything we can do to get better. And so you quickly transcend to motivation and preparation for the next season. And so that's that's what happened, and that's what keeps on driving us. When you look back at last season, Matt, when you're doing some self-evaluation, some of the things that unfolded organically, the booms, mm-hmm. club dubs, stuff that just kind of came to fruition as, as the winds started to mount, what do you think of all it? All that. I mean, like when you when you see those videos, when your when your sons obviously see those videos. What what was that like for you? I mean, what, what do you think? Yes, we talk about the culture being installed, but there, it was kind of unique just how things kind of unfolded, even in a public light. Yeah, and I think the word there is organically uh, uh, is organic. I mean, it, it was it, it just kind of naturally happened. Now the club dub we talked about. Uh, but the part of Club Dub that I thought was so neat as we went on throughout the year was if you look at it, it got better and better each week because guys felt more and more comfortable. And we also put together some nice win streaks so they can get good at, get good at it each week. So that was something after talking to Coach Madden that, that, we, that Ryan and I put together our own ideas as to how we wanted to spin it. And that happened. The boom that 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 just kind of came out of nowhere after that Lions game, and uh, I guess it kind of took a life of its own. And so, uh, when you got guys on the team that are uh, Type A personality and they want more, yeah, uh, I'm not, I can't say no. So we just kept it going. Did you hear it at Soldier Field after wins? Yeah, toward towards the end of the season when that started catching on, uh, you, you could, you know, after a. Uh, you know, they started putting it in the stadium during the game, and you, you really every now and then you might catch one if there's a sack or something. But I, I thought it was neat, and I think that in the end, it's not about anything but just it's it brings our team together and unity, right? Just everyone caring for each other, and of course, in the end, you have to win. And when you win, you get club dub. When you win, you get more booms, and we like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, they did the thing at the the kickoff in the playoff game yeah. that we didn't yeah. think would yeah. work. Yeah. They had the whole stadium yell out boom right on the kickoff, yeah. and yeah. it worked. The fans started that on social media. Awesome. I mean, I, yeah. See, and they're a part of that, and that's what, to me... Everybody has a has a piece of this thing, and uh, so I don't know if it'll continue to keep going. If there'll be something new, but like you know, just like last year, we'll just let it organically yeah, happen. It's a it's a good segue to, to my next question. Just <clears throat> you mentioned yesterday at breakfast the the changes changes in messaging. I was curious if you could give us maybe some examples and how you know now you're the hunted, as, as you said, just how you're going to maybe take the next step after what was accomplished last year. Yeah, well, there's a there's a new story now, and and um, a lot of our guys 
Ryan and I, Ryan knew every one of these guys coming into this thing, and he was teaching me who they were last year. So when I got to that first meeting, I didn't really know who they were. Now I know who everybody is. Uh, and so what we'll do here as we get back from here in Arizona, Ryan and I will get back together. And, and uh, uh, Ryan's had some really good creative ideas that he bounces off of us, and we'll brainstorm that. We'll go through some ideas and thoughts that we think we have. Uh, and, and I think we, we're, we're, we're leading in a particular direction right now. We can't, can't really get into it too much because it's not 100% yet, yeah. but we have a direction we're leaning towards. And uh, we'll, we'll start working here in the next couple of weeks on, obviously, the, continue with the draft, but get into that messaging as well. Well, it, George, yesterday when we talked to him, mentioned, he called it the, the four years of hell that, you know, that they put the fan base through. Ryan... You're obviously there for part of that, and, and we watched it all. But what was remarkable, I think, to us last year was just getting back to kind of the atmosphere at the stadium and everything, how everything changed so quickly. Uh, and obviously, winning helps. But what was what was going through your head last year as you you saw the excitement? It kind of really kicked off with the Khalil Mack trade right before the season. But uh, once you start getting some wins and even getting over that Week One loss against Green Bay, uh, which was so tough. But all of a sudden, things started to shift throughout the year, and, and by the playoff game, I mean Soldier Field was just rocking. Yeah, man. I mean, it's obviously gratifying to see that because yeah, yeah. there was a lot of a lot of pain prior to that, you know. And, yeah. and I, I joke to myself that uh, you know, I I, you know, I come out of those years with with some scars, you know. <laughs> um, but now it makes this much more rewarding. And I and I, the the, the word that always comes to my mind when I think about last year is momentum because it, the momentum that started happening when we hired Matt. Yeah. And then it went into free agency. Then went, and then it went into the draft, and then the MAC trade, and the, and the momentum just kept on happening. And so now it's on us to figure out ways to continue that momentum. Um, and I think we will. But yeah, there was yeah there was some pain before that, but I think it set us up to where we are now uh, with a young team, w- you know, with Matt and uh, just a whole exciting vibe throughout our building. You know what had a lot of momentum too was that cart going through with all those bullets with all those for our listeners we're still we're still sitting outside here at the arizona billboard there's a lot of traffic yes yes yeah. we were here yesterday yesterday and they took a car out of this building yeah and wow. that was uh that was a sight to, to to behold just in terms of um philosophy or maybe the patience that george and ted maybe had with everything coming to fruition just can you take us through maybe your early conversations with, with them and how this was going to take time yeah. to get things in order to the point where you had a season like last year. And to have the support from uh, the McCaskies and George and Ted along the way, that's what's been so big, you know, and I think when you when you step off that ledge and you take one of these jobs, you know, that, that's what makes you a little nervous, right, is, you know, you're coming in a situation where there, there is going to have to be a lot of change, and sometimes that doesn't happen overnight, and there's going to be a lot of heavy lifting, and I wasn't naive to that when, when I came into this, um, and to see it play out and to see it come to fruition and see them have the patience to let it develop and kind of, and let us see our vision, it, it's been awesome, you know, and, and hopefully now we're at, we're at a good place with a, with a young team with a lot of high-character guys for this just to continue but yeah it took it took some patience from ownership without question and and i and i appreciate that you right you talked a little bit about the combine about how and, and yesterday when we talked to you too about how you know this year not having the cap space um not having the the, the top draft picks it it makes the job a little bit harder because yeah. you guys have to dig deeper as not just you but the entire staff the coaches involved too um what 
What have these last few weeks been like? I mean, how is free agency different this year compared to the past years? I think what's been good about it is you're right. It, it does make it more challenging, but this is where we make our hay. So when you yeah. think about our, our, our scouts and our coaches and Josh Lucas and Champ Kelly and Sadowski and all those guys, they're, to develop that tier of free agency that we had was pivotal. So we know we're not going to go out and be on the front wave, but to have that kind of that middle tier and then go out and uh, attack it, is awesome. I mean, last year when we were at that front wave of free agency, Matt and I joke, you know, in some ways, you know, Stephanie and Stacy could have got together and said, okay, let's go target this receiver, this guy, because it's pretty obvious. But um, for us to develop those group of guys and then, and then go aggressively get them was good, and it was a credit to our scouts. But the difference, and I said this yesterday, the difference that I felt too, and I think Matt felt it, was guys wanted to be here. Guys wanted to be part of our culture and part of what we have going on right now. And that's awesome because that, that hasn't been the case, quite frankly, so it was cool to see that. Yeah, Matt, how rewarding was that for you? I mean, just the conference calls we had with some of these free agents and, and Buster, haha, especially willing to sign a one-year deal um, and just talking about and I think it was Buster who said, man, I was watching ESPN last year, and it just looked like they were having so much fun with those celebrations and everything like that. How rewarding was that for you to, to hear that? It is rewarding. And, see, that's the deal. That, that goes back to what we were just talking about. When you have the club dub and when you have the booms and you have these different things that <clears throat> with media nowadays everybody gets to see. And um, th- this is – the to to our family here in Chicago and our team, it's about having fun. And there's we do a great job of keeping that balance of knowing business and fun and what the difference is. But uh, when you hear that, when those guys say that, that that just that just goes to show that these guys are seeing that they want to be a part of that, and that that gives us an advantage in in something like free agency where. It might be between a couple teams, and depending on the money, et cetera, they want to be a part of that. And so we got to keep that going. Now, you don't do any of that if you lose, you know, and that's that was our message last year is the only way to have fun is by winning. And uh, uh, and then it just continues to multiply, and, and that's what we did, and then you saw that with some of the guys wanting to be here. Now, from your vantage point in the sideline, I know last year we asked you a couple times about the, the celebrations that were taking place. Mm-hmm. Have you gone back and – Watched a few of them. Did you? Do you have a favorite one? I know I'm a big fan of the Motown one that, that Prince Mara <laughs> did, but I'm just curious. Going back, did did you? Yeah, no, I, I haven't gone back and looked at them all, but I do know you just from seeing them. You know, uh, on on some of the TV copies that we look at. Uh, the guys got pretty creative, and, and I started digging into when they're practicing all this because I never see it. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess they're getting together a little discreetly uh, behind our backs and figuring out what they're going to do. And uh, uh, so they they did a really good job. The, the Motown one was really good. Here's the key now is you know they have that rule where right when you score the touchdown, that clock, that play clock starts right away. So we had to have a couple messages and, and to our guys that, hey, when that happens, you better get do it real quick, get off the field, because whether we kick the extra point or go for two, we can't have a delayed game. And they did pretty good with that, but we got to definitely be better. I can't, the Motown thing, didn't they do some award for the best celebration of the year on the NFL Honors? How did that not – that didn't win. Yeah, I know. I don't they, know how it – that had to be the best one all year. Yeah, it's uh, – it definitely was up there. I know that for sure. I like the Kyle Fuller one where he took a knee, took his helmet off. It was like that, uh, you know, Pee Wee League football picture that you take yep. you know, growing up. So yep. that, I thought that was actually took a lot of thought and consideration. Yeah, yeah, well, they're, we, they're creative. We asked George yesterday what it would take him to be a part of Club Dub, and he said what he said Super Bowl victory. I'm I'm so. okay with that. Could, you know that's a that's a good goal, and I appreciate I appreciate uh, him saying that. But if that happens, then he's getting in there and dancing, right? <laughs> he said uh, 
I think he said he'd participate in Club Dub, but he's not going to dance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's gotta, a Google yeah, away yeah, for yeah. a lot of years. I don't believe him on that, by the way. Yeah. If, they, if you guys win the Super Bowl, I'm picturing George dancing. I think we might yeah. be able to persuade him a little bit. I'm pretty sure he's got an Irish jig mm-hmm. in, in there. <laughs> he's got you know, it. Yes. Oh, absolutely. So what kind of deal do we have to make with you, Matt, for the Andy Reid bitmoji? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that, that's uh, that's that took a, on a life of its own. A, on social media. Did it? Yes. Oh, yes. just took off, huh? Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> well, people love Andy's style. Yeah, sure. Yeah. The, How do you not? It. And the coach's yeah. photo every year. He's yeah. just chilling in a. Oh, he's Tommy, Tommy Bahama, Bahama, you know, yeah. and he's uh, not many guys can pull it off, but he can, and and so that's the the neat part too is. Not a lot of people know, you know that that that's who Coach is. You know that's his that's that's who he is, and he has that side to him, and I appreciate that about him. All of his close friends do, and and so uh, when you, you you get into something like that, it's it's wanted, like you guys are talking about. So yeah. I don't know. We we might have to. We get off the air here. We might have to work out a deal. <laughs> <laughs> He's got that every man. Who doesn't love a good cheeseburger after something tough? Because you know? let me tell you something. I got some pretty good ones on my phone right yeah. now. <laughs> it with sounds the like it. Bahamas. It sounds like this is way bigger than we even knew. <laughs> so. Awesome. Well, I uh, hope you guys had a good week here in Arizona. It was fun for us, and, and thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks, guys. It, it was fun. It was a good time. We appreciate it, and, and uh, let's get back to work. Yeah. Anytime, guys. Thank you. All right, so there they are, Ryan Pace, Mad Nagy. Fun conversation out in the uh, Arizona sun here. And you're just going to have to trust us on this one. Pace showed us the, the bitmoji of him. Yes, it is, it is real. It was designed by Nagy. It's got a, th- at least this one that he showed us has a big fist bump. Yes. And it's a yes. I think that's what it is, or a punch. I'd call it a fist the bump. The hair was pretty good. I don't, it wasn't nearly as good as Ryan's actual hair. No. More like your hair. Wow. <laughs> you guys got similar haircuts. People need to realize that. They'll see it in the pic. Yeah, but his is way better than mine. Yeah, just need a little more. I shouldn't you say that, there. though. My guy, Marcus, who cuts my hair, will be offended by that. Yes. Or it's something that he can aspire to. you got a good look. I, I, can't, I can't pull off that type of flow. <laughs> I can't do it. Well, Ryan certainly can. Yeah. Um, that was a good conversation, though. Yeah. It was good. It was good. Relaxing. I, I think they're kind of winding down. Uh, they're going to get a little break here uh, before the pro day starts. So th- these owners' meetings can be – look, it's fun in the sun a little bit. You know, there's good dinners to be had, but – they're busy. They're really busy, especially the head coaches and the general managers. Well, and and, meetings all day. Yeah, and they're a little unpredictable, too, because, you know, we've had years where, wasn't it two years ago here in Arizona where everything like wrapped up at like noon on Tuesday? Yeah. Like a full 24 hours early. They moved John Fox up so we could talk to him. The whole thing wrapped up, and they, they were all golfing in the afternoon, which usually the coaches golf on Tuesday afternoon while the owners and the GMs are still doing work. They... To, to kind of explain what happened here yesterday, it was a big day. I yeah. mean, and it was a long day for everybody. It starts with this coach's breakfast in the morning with the media. But this momentum started building on on Monday, and, and there's been some reports kind of about what happened. But it, uh, essentially it sounds like Bill Belichick, um, who I don't know if he's always as vocal, um, but with this whole pass interference thing, what I think is remarkable, I mean, as much as it blew up and was a huge controversy leading into the Super Bowl and everyone was talking about it, 
the coaches responded. I mean, the coaches were, it seems like, offended by what happened and really willing to go to bat for Sean Payton and yeah. the Saints for yeah. what happened in that game uh, and the non-call. And they came, they came together, and I know there was at least one report. At this, I'm forgetting who reported this, so I apologize for that. But but someone reported on like a Monday that that Bill Belichick, uh, you know, stood up and and kind of made a point like, hey, we cannot leave here. Uh, without this getting resolved, whereas I, I, I felt like coming down here, there was a very small chance that there was going to be past interference reviewable when we left here. And it sounds like, just talking to George McCaskey yesterday, even Sean Payton, as he came out of the vote, which they did approve this rule change, you know, he said, he's like, we had to circle the Grand Canyon twice. That was a direct quote from Sean yesterday. Um, but the coaches really came together. They were unanimous on this, and it sounds like they went to the owners and say, hey, look, we got to get this done. And George McCaskey was one of those owners that flipped on this thing. And when it was all said and done, it was 31-1. to 1. The Bengals were the only team that voted against it. I don't get it. I don't get it. But What do you mean you don't get it? No, I don't know why they're against it. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, and we talked about this after that, that game back in January. Um, I don't have a problem with everything before the final two minutes. You know, if the coaches want to use one of their challenges to to challenge one of these things, and and I, we talked to Matt Nagy about it yesterday, I think it's going to be very similar to challenging a spot. You know, I, it's going to be hard for I think these to be overturned, and only the most egregious ones will be, and that's fine. Yes, that's how yes. it should be. So if you want to use one of your challenges and risk losing it on that. That's on you, and I have no problem if we're reviewing pass interference under those circumstances. What I worry about is we get in the final two minutes of these games. Think about how many bang-bang plays there are, and even how many times teams purposely throw the ball up in the air to try to draw one of these passes. Well, Matt Nagy has that philosophy. We we saw it last year. In effect, it worked. So how many of these are we going to be stopping the game for in the final two minutes to look at? That's my only concern. Well, it's the Hail Mary situation too because you know there's always contact during Hail Mary passes always contact so uh, we'll have to see it play out we should remind everybody it's only in effect for one year so it is kind of a trial Uh, I could see this thing being refined refined tuned I should say in the future just in case they got to make more some uh, maybe insert some specific language to see how this plays out but look I'm all for it you have this technology that can help things, help you get things right. So get that right. Obviously, saw what happened in the NFC Championship game. That that was egregious. So get things right. Well, yeah, and that, and that should never happen. I think that's where the coaches are on the same page. They want to see, they want to see the games end correctly. And so, um, and, and we should be pointing out part of the reason why this got passed is because the original proposal that was on the table um, included. Uh, at least one of the proposals over the last couple of days included uh, also roughing the passer and some of those controversies we had last year and, and some other things that were all going to be added to be reviewable, and they took that out. So what they ended up passing, what the, what the compromise was, all right, let's narrow this down to pass interference because that was the big controversy in the NFC Championship game. We'll do a one-year trial, and it passed. Um, so it was it was interesting to see. You know, we were sitting here – Actually, in this exact same spot yesterday, they were about to go into this big four fifteen meeting where the where the 
it all passed, and, and we Sean Payton was standing here talking to Tom Coughlin, yeah, just like trying to run through this, you know, what exactly we're we talking about here, and and what's going to be voted on, and it was just very, to me it was very fascinating yesterday watching all this happen, um, and the coaches come together to get it done. Right, there's so. too much invested financially, work-wise, time-wise. Yes, yes, absolutely. You feel better now? I feel great. We, we, we had your rules conversation. We had the rules, but it's important. It was also know, the big news of the of the thing. You love um, your rules. We, yeah, you're a rules guy. Uh, I never, I didn't, I didn't see my guy Al River on here. Though. No, I did not. Actually, yeah. that's true. But he was here. I know he was. He's got to be here. But man, Al, our guy. I don't have my soundboard right now, unfortunately. Yes, robot Al. <laughs> um. All right, let's recap what happened yesterday because there was a ton to get to. Um, of course, you just heard from Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy here on the podcast, but there's more to get to from our long conversation um, uh, uh, with, with Matt and Ryan Pace yesterday. You, you heard us reference Andy Reid a couple times earlier in the podcast with Matt, uh, and part of that was from th- this great story Matt told us yesterday about coping with that loss to the Eagles and talking to Andy Reid. So usually they don't they let 40 24 hours go by before they chat after games and and uh, Matt Nagy violated that. So anyway, we'll hear we'll let him tell the story here. First of all, we had that 24 hour rule where you just kind of as close as we are, you just let everything go down and so uh, when I was driving home after our game, we broke the 24 hour rule and I just called him just to just to talk after our game. And you know, one of the first things that coach said was, and this is this was pretty neat, was, you know, he 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 was able to see a lot of our games and he could he saw the growth in our quarterback. And so that that was to me really strong in the fact that he's telling me what a great job Mitchell did throughout the year. And that was comforting because that was a big part of what we were looking for this year. Um, and then as far as the you know handling the loss, um, it's 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 life. It's it's football. You'll you'll get over it. Give it a couple of days. Then a couple of weeks later, they had their tough loss, and I waited. I waited longer, and I waited a couple of days, and, and then we, we started talking. And he coach coach was down. It, it was it was hard. You know, it wasn't that was, he was he was so close, and I and I wanted it so bad for him. You know, you just you, you feel it. Um, but as we started talking, and I'm building this up, but as we started talking, we were like 15 minutes into it, and he just sits there and he says to me, oh, man, we just both need a cheeseburger. <laughs> and that's him, you know, right? You can hear him saying that. Huh? With mayo, yeah, extra, extra mayo. But he, he wanted that cheeseburger, and so we, we were like, and then, then we were like, okay. And then, um, and then the next day, I guess this, the opponents were already out, the next day, he fires me a text message, and it's a picture of the of the schedule of the Chiefs' schedule, and he circled it against the Bears, and he says, "Let's go, baby!" So we're ready. All right, so Matt's talking about the cheeseburgers and, and all that. It's hilarious. It's comfort food. It, it, it's it's and then you know Sean Payton also talked about how he did like a Netflix binge and ice cream for yeah. like a week yeah. after their loss. So you know these coaches got to cope. Yeah. Now all of a sudden. The conversation took an extreme left turn with Nagy offering the whole Bitmoji thing, yes. which is why we just brought it up with, with Matt and Ryan ourselves. Um, I'm not going to play this because he didn't, 
he's like scrolling through his phone trying to bring it up, and so it didn't really translate to to radio too well or podcast too well. Uh, but it was really funny hearing Matt, and he showed it to us. There's a there's a Bitmoji of Andy Reid in a Tommy Bahama shirt. With a stack of and pancakes. A stack of pancakes. <laughs> Not just like one stack of pancakes. I believe it was four. You got to appreciate Andy Reid's sense of humor. Yeah. We couldn't come to an agreement. It's every man. By the way, to update you, we could not come to an agreement on uh, acquiring the, the Bitmoji. No, there's time. There's okay. time. These I mean, things take oh, press. You know, yeah. there's still time here we, in, in, at the Arizona Biltmore. And, I mean, we did we did get Ryan to show us his, so it's his Bitmoji. Yes. Um, and so it was good. That was good. Um, We're so, working hard here, folks. Yeah, working are, hard. These are the important things yes, that we have absolutely. to bring Arizona. What uh, draft? That would turn out to be one of the biggest stories of the day, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, it, it, to, to be honest with you, just it's some of these coaches can be so robotic, right? We know they have more personality than they show. That's why it's kind of refreshing to see that come out right now for the Bears' current regime. Yeah, you know, they're, look, they are football driven. Every day, every hour. But you know what? They know how to have fun. They have a sense of humor about things, and I think that actually helps them be better at what they are. Yeah, I think so. I I, I think that you, um, you you see for the most part right now, the guys running the Bears are normal human beings compared to some of the, yeah. So, you know, some of these football guys are just so. Uh, so different, yeah, from the rest of the world, and I think that sometimes that that hurts their connections uh, with their own players, um, with the fan bases, yeah, and you know you can be abrasive at times, and that's just not who Ryan and Matt are. No, uh, no. And, and it's been really refreshing over the last year. And I think you heard it come through in that interview, um, as well. In a lot of you know, just Nagy was really loose yesterday too, and in, in the breakfast, a um, couple. You know, actual business items we should discuss uh, because the running back conversation came up with Matt yesterday. Yeah, and he said Jordan Howard has a role on this team, but was also very open about the trade conversations. You know, if someone's going to call and inquire, they're going to do do their due diligence on any player. Um, but this was in the context of Jordan Howard. So, I mean, what did you take away from the Jordan Howard talk yesterday? Look, at this point, it doesn't make much sense to trade him. He's still your best first and second on running back. He's the only guy on, on your roster that has a 1,000-yard rushing seasons. My only caveat would be if you end up with the guy in the draft well, yeah, it's, it's that I mean. you think. Yeah. It's fine, but like right now, the draft is a month away. So that's where they are. He may not be on the roster. He may be involved in a draft day trade. Trade, yes, yes. Or they could draft a guy, you know, or, or something happens, you know, later down the road as the regular season approaches, somebody gets hurt in a training camp or something mm-hmm. like that. Obviously, we know the Bears are looking at running backs. We know that. We, we learned that at the NFL scouting combine. But this has to play out. You know, maybe something comes to fruition in the next couple couple weeks. Uh, that could always be the case. But, look, I think they're keeping an open mind. At the running back position, they're open to all conversations. That's basically what Matt Nagy was saying. It's basically what Ryan Pace was saying. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I come away from Arizona thinking sort of what I thought before. There's like a maybe a 50% chance Jordan Howard's on the, on the roster when they kick off against yeah. the Packers. And there's 
maybe still fifty percent chance he's not. That they it hasn't. There's still a lot of off season left. Yeah, yeah. Things got to play out. So um, it was also interesting hearing Nagy talk about Cordero Patterson. I thought um, he, he brought up like a candy store analogy. Yeah, you know, being able to just pick what you want to do with him at any given time. Um, and these are the kinds of players that you that he obviously likes. Yeah, I mean, you absolutely you, you really want to avoid a situation like you had in the Eagles game where you know you didn't have Trey Burton, so they keyed on Tariq Cohen and change your game plan. You you, you got to adapt. So the more options you have, and they obviously feel like Cordell Patterson could be one of these options. Well, the he, better off you are. He's the type of guy, especially. With an offensive mind like Nagy, who's so creative, who could be quite unpredictable. Where if you're a defensive coordinator and you see Cordell Patterson come out in the field, you're like, oh, bleep. We have to be mindful of that. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to, look, I'm not saying you have to double team him, but you have to be responsible with him in an extra capacity. Very mindful of it. So, I think, obviously, Nagy's excited about it. Obviously, he's going to compete a kick returner, too. So, the more options, the better. In an offense, you know, especially for a guy like Matt Nagy, who likes to try right. so many different things. Uh, the kicker conversation was also I- interesting, I thought. It, 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 sort of like the Jordan Howard thing. This, this doesn't feel like it's close to being resolved. No, I'm convinced this is going throughout the entire preseason and maybe into the regular season. Well, yeah, at least... I, I mean, okay, they're not keeping two kickers into the regular season, but I don't think they're going to be afraid to make changes at any point during this Whatever they want to call it, this this challenging competition they're trying to create. Well, well, here's what Nagy said about the the, the, the kicker spot yesterday because I, I thought it was pretty interesting. Obviously, the elephant in the, not the elephant, but the, we 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 missed the kick, the double doink. Everyone's talking about we missed it, right? So that's a big emphasis. We got to get that right. Um, so how do we do that? Well, we go about trying to to find out who the next guy is on our team, and and both these guys, they, neither one of them has has that experience right that's a huge question mark so you go into the to the season um knowing that there's a risk right but what if you have a guy on your roster right now that and i'm going to go to kansas city for example because i was a part of that team that's the next harrison bucker right what if you have that guy and so that's how we got to, you know, everybody else says, oh, well, you know, no one knows who these guys are and they never kicked in a game. But, hey, hell, I, I never coached in a game last year. Last year was my first time ever being a head coach. You, 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 somebody needs an opportunity. So wouldn't that, wouldn't that be terrible if we have two guys on our team right now that can be great kickers that we have and we let go or we did this? So we got to give them an opportunity. Now, it's uh, – it's. I think that's the fun part, and there. It's a. It is for sure. It's a touchy situation because of, because of our what happened in the playoffs, and because of the history of, of um, of you know, uh, of our team. So it. it <clears throat> I think he's keeping it. I haven't seen him in a while, but uh, I, 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 he doesn't want to look like me with his hair. Is that, is that a competition that you could foresee? Yeah. Throughout the entire preseason. Yeah, I think so. I think so, and I want to put, I want to do everything I can to, I'll, I'll we'll, we'll make sure that somehow we, without having seventy thousand screaming fans of Soldier Field and, and kicking it in Soldier Field, we're going to put pressure on them, and we're going to, we're going to make it, you know, so that they kind of tighten up a little bit as, as much as you can. I mean, it's you sit here and you watch these kickers at the combine, the combine, you know, and they're, they're, there's like you can, you can 
hear a pin drop, yeah. and they're out there kicking with no pads on, no nothing. And so I want the real thing, you know. And so how can you make that happen? And you got to you got to kind of draw it up. And when you have you know 90 players out there with an incentive of they got to do this or they got to do that, if you make it or miss it, there's a little bit of a you know challenge. <laughs> well. That's that's actually not a bad thought. Maybe we, we might work. Yeah, put the helicopter up there. That'd be good. How do you balance? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. We 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 understand. We understand the significance of getting that right. Um. So. We talk through a lot of different scenarios. We talk through a lot of different um, uh, situations, uh, and, and the the what ifs. We knowing how how important it is. Um, I just think that some of it you, you have to. There's there's we won't know the answer until we go through some things, and and who knows between now and training camp, who knows about anything. I mean, we we. It, I wish I could tell you guys more. I don't know. So we're just trying to, uh, uh, to to make everybody else know that we know how important it is. And, and you got to make the kicks. That's it. you got to make the kicks. And so however we can put ourselves in the best position to make that happen, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do everything we can. Is there a number of kickers that would be too many to have? Um, I think so. Just because of the, you're taking away other roster spots when you do that. But at the same time, if there's three guys that are going against each other, you know, we need to figure out: is that good, or, or is it? And then if there's one guy that maybe isn't doing well, or we feel like we got an answer, and then we either keep them or we move on. And so, it'll be really fun to to test that out and to see how it goes. Uh, and um, you know, it's it's uh, it's where we're at now. But I'll say this too: as a team. With what went down in that Eagles game, as a team, I, I, I truly believe that that scenario will make us stronger as a team. As, as hard as it is, and everybody, you know, it, for me and everybody else, that's going to make us stronger somewhere. It's going to make us stronger. That, that, that tough loss is going to make us stronger. So you hear him talking about um, how he wants to simulate as much as possible the pressure. Which is really hard to do. Right. I mean, the closest thing you're going to get to that is, and there's the joking of the helicopters and everything, um, which is not allowed. You really can't do that except in the preseason games. I mean, that's the only, and to your point, you brought up into the regular season. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Into the regular season. I, don't know. I, I thought it was interesting that he said that some of that pressure will actually come from internal pressure. Look, the, the Bears players after the game at the Pro Bowl, they all said the right things when it came to Cody Parkey. Well, you know, I know, they were PO'd. Mm-hmm. Today's show made it worse. Yeah, it PO'd. PO'd. So, having that kicker, whoever it is, Chris Blue we should correct that, right? It's Chris Blue Yeah, here, here, Blue Yeah, here's Nagy on the, that, that's, this is where that came from. And by the way, you got it's crazy. You guys keep talking about this. What's his last about Blewett? That's not even his last name. It's French. It's Blue <laughs> You guys are crazy. I mean, I understand why you did it, but no, it's Blue So he said that so straight-faced. I was like, wait a minute. Have we been saying his name for wrong? Right. Oh, wait, no. This is a joke. Yeah. So Chris Blue and Redford Jones, 
that's your competition right now. And, and look, I, I, I've been kind of writing it in the Sun Times. They're going to take this young approach because you got Cody Parkey still on your books for two more years because they had the June post June first designation. So you got that contract still eating up some of your space, but it's not a lot. But but it's still there. But they're sticking to this philosophy that kickers can come out in it anywhere. They've tried the veteran route. They've tried the counterparts of the world. They've tried the Cairo Santos of the world. They want to give some young guy a shot. They know some great ones have be, have been found in the league that way. They mentioned Justin Tucker. They mentioned Harrison Bucker with the Chiefs. So it happens. Can they do it? I don't know. They're going to be open to anything, but that's where they're going. Yeah, I, uh, I was going to stick with Nagy here for a little bit, but since we're on the kicker uh, conversation, I'll just bring you here what Ryan Pace also said yesterday about that spot uh, and also some information on, on kind of why Chris Blewett is here. So right now we're all we're just very all open-minded you know so we have two kickers on the roster now and um, we're not open to continue to add competition to the position you know the key words competition at that spot and uh, you know doing creative things to, to to make them feel that pressure and that competition because the more we look at it the more we study it and you look at the kickers around the league and uh, uh, we can talk about you know Lutz or Tucker all these guys and you look at really how they came in the league and where they came from there's so many different angles and avenues how they came and became good kickers and so uh, we're very open right now just increasing competition there so I, I, I think what's what a lot of fans are still wondering is like why the Bears are going this route with some of these younger guys, um, as opposed to you know like signing Steven Gaskowski. Okay, I, I think part of it is obviously the money, but it is interesting to he- you know I think there's this philosophy here that um, the NFL is kind of learning that some of these kickers get a lot better after they leave college because they get specialized kicking. And, and now we're even seeing teams hire kicking coaches, too. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think they're hoping here that Chris Blewett has a stronger leg than he did at Pitt, is more accurate than he was at Pitt, and could be an NFL kicker, yeah. even though he wasn't in the league last yeah. year. I mean, who's to say that kickers can't get better in time? We, we saw it happen to Robbie Gold. Sure. You know, he bounced around. What, to, he was at the Patriots for a bit. He well, went undrafted. And they're peaking so much later than, you know, with the rest of the NFL, we talk about these, except maybe the quarterback spot, we talk about these guys like in the late 20s peaking. Yeah. I mean, kickers can peak at 35. Yeah, and they can play yeah, forever. Yeah. We've seen that. So, um, that's hopefully that gives you an idea of where the Bears stand right now and where this is going, but it's a story that's not going away. I think it's. I think I agree with you, Johnsy. I think it's going to go all the way through through camp into the preseason and you know, I'm sure the Bears don't want it to go in the regular season, but it will if they don't have their guys. Well, I think they're going to be open-minded just in case that maybe another team has two kickers that they like. Maybe they mm-hmm. hear you know, something. That maybe they, they catch a tip from somebody about another kicker who's about to be cut. Yeah, Things change. And this is going to be, you know, we talk about salary cap being such a fluid thing. This, this kicker competition is going to be a very fluid thing for the Bears. So early in our interview with Pace and Nagy, you heard Ryan mention uh, Nagy's message to the team on exit interview day uh, when he you know he said we you're either getting better or you're you're getting worse and we need to make sure we're getting better Nagy talked a little bit about this um, yesterday and kind of the approach to now 2019 it's a different team we're already seeing the hype 
Bears-Packers week one. There's going to be a party in Grant Park. I mean, for a season opener, this could be as big as it's ever been for the Bears uh, at the start of the 2019 season, opening up the 100th season for the Bears, the 100th season for the NFL. The hype is going to be there from day one and go through the end of the season. I mean, it already feels like this to me, and I'm starting to lose track here. Is this my ninth season covering the team coming up here? I mean, it's already the peak, to me at least, of going into a season. Oh, yeah. Off-season yeah, yeah, hype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of hype. There was a lot of hype for Mark Trestman's second year. Right. But some of the warning signs were already starting to reveal itself. And, look, I know it's only March. A lot of things could change here for the Bears, but things are so overwhelmingly positive. There was still some doubt with the Trestman era. Mm-hmm. You still had Jay Cutler as your quarterback. You still had some older guys as your best players. This is different. This is significantly different. Well, here's Nagy talking about avoiding the noise. I, I ended the, the season with uh, with our exit interviews telling them that we're now the hunted, right? We're not hunting anymore. We're the hunted. Uh, but that's that's pretty cool. That's what you want. We want to be that team that gets on primetime as much as we can. If you're doing that, you're doing something right because people want to see you. So, uh, but within our house hall, our players are going to realize and they're going to feel it from our staff and from myself that uh, last year is gone. It was the same thing for, for us last year. Was I, I, told, I don't care anything about what happened in 2017. I don't care. This is a new year. So when, when I stand down there and I hold the, the trophy and I tell you that this is why we're here, you got to believe it. Uh, I'm not sure everybody believed it at the beginning of the season last year. Now when we get in there April 15th, every one of those guys in that building are going to believe it. But it doesn't just happen by walking on the field. And so they, we got to work hard in practice. We got to get better in OTAs. We got to get better in training camp. And then we get week one, we got to go one and off. And and if we're worrying about going, you know, thirteen and three or this or that, uh, you can set goals and shoot for it. But you better you better take it week by week. I thought as a team last year that that was our big our our best um, thing that we did as a team, coaches and players. We never looked ahead. We didn't care who we were playing. We never looked ahead. We always took it one week at a time, so we got to transfer that to this year. Now, of course, the story of the quarterback, though, is not going to go away, and his development next year is going to be a huge piece of what actually transpires in 2019. Um, But we continue to hear optimism about number 10, and the lasting impression from such a tough loss and Andy Reid even bringing it up to Matt Nagy that I saw the growth in your quarterback and how much that obviously uh, encouraged Matt to hear that. But I I found some of the stuff that Nagy said yesterday about Trubisky fascinating uh, about some of the things he might be able to do now in year two compared to year one. Yes, some of the off-schedule throws. Yeah. Knowing what he's seeing when he walks the line of scrimmage almost instantly now. People need to be patient, or had to be patient, with this process with Trubisky. We, we were always preaching that, and we, and we saw good things, we saw bad things, we expected it. I, I, I know that expectations kind of change for, for people, for fans, because they see what other quarterbacks are doing around the league. But look, every quarterback has their own process of developing and what they're going to be. But I, I, again, overwhelmingly positive in terms of number 10. I, I'll, I'll use those words again. I, I you got to trust Nagy on this. Yeah, well, and, and speaking of, here's what Nagy said, I mean, about some of the things that he's hopefully going to be able to do now in year two of this offense. The Eagles game. That's it? That, that's it. Well, no, you know what I liked about it was at the end of the game, 
taking the team down in that situation. You know, made a couple of those big throws there to give us a chance in a big stage. I already knew all year long, anybody that watches, if you, if you watch our season and you watch every play that we had, okay, and you, you can take out the runs and just go through and watch the pass plays, you'll see how much he grew. Um, I think you will. Uh, I can tell you how much he grew mentally the huddle procedure, calling the play at the line of scrimmage, making the mic ID, you know, making a check, flipping it, all that. I, that was he. He did awesome. You know, we have a we have a little wordy offense at times, and he aced it. And so, and then to him to put it on the field, um, you know, middle midway through the season, beginning of the season, we talked about next mentality, next play mentality. He conquered that. Uh, he had a, he had a couple games in there where he'd be the first to tell you that he felt like he could have played better. And he was hanging on to previous plays. He got by that. So uh, all that growth, he, he's he's so he's so excited to get in there. And th- there might be some times this year where I just say, hey, just just take this series in, in OTAs or in training camp. Hey, call call this series right here. I'm gonna let you run the show. You know, that's I couldn't do that last year because he didn't know what to call. This year he'll be he'll be able to do that. So to me, for Matt to even bring up the idea and. and it sounded like he was talking more about just like maybe in training camp doing this, but giving him a full series where yeah you're in charge yeah that's cool. I mean for a guy that's just entering his third year, um, I mean because how many times do we see? And obviously I realize we're talking about like Hall of Famers like Peyton Manning and stuff like that. I'm not trying to make a comparison there yet, but those are the type of quarterbacks where you saw them at times in two minute drills just. Tracking traffic. Just do it. Yep. Just, yep. just they're, they're taking control of the situation and 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 they're running the show. Um, and so just to hear Nagy talk about, hey, you know, maybe in training camp, we're just going to say, hey, look, you call the offense. Yeah, you run the show. You get the team downfield. And and I, 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 I think that last series against the Eagles just left a huge lasting impression, uh, not only among fans and and us, but obviously. Nagy and Pace too. Oh, that first throw we had to Allen Robinson was was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Look, you draft the guy number two overall. You trade up to get a guy at number two, thinking he could be a complete game changer. Yes, I, I don't know if Peyton Manning or a guy like that is, is the best comparison, but you know what? You do it with, with something like that in mind. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens with Trubisky. You and I have been cautiously optimistic with this process the signs are there we just got to see it play out again that's it but there's a, the expectation has changed for him this year uh Nagy recognizes that you know Trubisky's going to recognize that and embrace that he's got the right mindset the right intangibles right we, we heard everybody talk about that mm-hmm. here the right intangibles we'll see how this plays out I mean next year should be good the year after that should be even better you know, if, if him and Nagy are really the future of the Bears, this will only get better year after year after year. The intangibles. George McCaskey talked about that, too, with the intangibles with Trubisky. We'll, we'll hear from that. A big chunk of George McCaskey coming up, because I thought he was outstanding uh, when we talked to him yesterday. Uh, the last thing I want to bring to you from Matt Nagy was actually the last question he addressed yesterday at this hour-long breakfast uh, as we were having fun with the bitmojis. Um, there was one more serious question <laughs> that our guy Dan Durkin 
had to get in there. Um, but I'm glad he did because the answer was actually, to me, I, was really interesting. So the question was, um, in the middle of all this fun we're having with Andy Reid's Hawaiian shirts and cheeseburgers and all this, uh, basically what did you learn about the mistakes you made last yeah. year? Any kind of play-calling mistakes, clock management, which we saw at times. And, and here's what Nagy said. So we, we, we talk about uh, situations every single week. And that really, throughout training camp, we do we do a lot more of it. But we, we, we go through different scenarios, and we'll do it in front of the whole team, and then I'll, I'll pause it and say, what would you do here to the team and make them talk? Or I might call a guy out or something. Um, for me, now that I had those games this year to, to go through different scenarios, um, you know, what I'll do is learn from it. So I'll just go to one, one for example, is the, the Giants game, right? Yeah, that one, um, you know, I wouldn't do again. I, I, I wouldn't. I learned from that, and uh, I would not call a timeout on third and twenty-three, backed up after sack, sack. You know, the way the game was going, um, you know, they got a twenty-two yard run, and but that's not even. Real. I told you this before. That part didn't bother me as much as the next play, where they got out of bounds, and and because. But anyway. None of that would happen if I didn't call a timeout, right? So stuff like that I would learn from. Now, there's other situations where you could say uh, you should have did this or you should have did that. Uh, the end of the the end of the Eagles game, you know, do you call a timeout down there when they have the ball and go timeout, timeout, timeout? Do you hang on? You know, there's and there's there's uh, there's analytics that say to do this or do that, and and some of it's feel. So I'll always be the first one to critique myself, and but I, but tr- trust me. I don't take it for granted, and I don't take it lightly. I, I, I go through every scenario that I could have done better at, and I'll, I'll do it the next – I'll learn from it. So I think the headline from that is the admission that he probably wouldn't call that timeout against the Giants before halftime, which yeah. at the time – and I, I, I pointed this out, I think, on the podcast. that To me, this was the only t- – I thought you know, most of the time something questionable happened. Nagy was willing to come to the podium Monday and – Say yeah, I'm not sure I would do that. Again. But the, he kind of doubled down on the timeout thing. And to his credit, I mean, part of his point was, well, you got to stop. Was it third and twenty three or yeah. third twenty six or whatever it was? Like you can't give up the first down there. Um, and so the defense has to make the the stop. There, there's sure. a long run by Saquon Barkley in there right. as well, and they didn't tackle well. You know, because at one point it just looked like the Giants were willing to run the clock out, and, sure. then, and then Barkley breaks it. So exactly. I, look, there, there's. I, I was more upset at what happened after the timeout, but yes, in retrospect. Well, and for at Nag- least for Nag- yeah, and just to admit it yesterday that yeah, yeah, probably shouldn't have called that timeout. He wouldn't have put his defense in that position. But again, he always talked last year about always trusting his defense. Right. So I I get both sides of it. Yeah. Um, Sometimes players just have to make plays. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right, that's uh, a ton of audio from Matt Nagy yesterday. Uh, some really good, I mean, we're not just going to sit here and play the whole hour for you, so I wanted to bring you some of the highlights, some of the good stories from in there. Um, actually, there is one tiny, I shouldn't call it tiny, but football thing in there that I just glossed over. He mentioned he was open to Cody Whitehair and James Daniel switching. Yes, yes. I know some fans don't like this because they want stability up there, but see, I think a lot of fans like it because I think a lot of fans don't really? think Corey Whitehair's a good center. No, I, I think he, I, I think he's, I think quite he's good. fine. Yeah, I yeah, think you yeah. take the snapping issues out of there and he's fine. Yeah, but... well, he changed his snapping technique last year, and that issue kind of went away. Um, 
Yes, look. But, I, if, I, but I, if Daniels can be better at center, that's yes. where I think actually yeah. more of this is coming yeah. from. If James Daniels' better position is center, you limit, and he's got no snap issues, I, Cody Whitehair is good enough that I think he can switch to left guard yeah. seamlessly. Well, you know who they have to talk to about this and we have to talk to about this? Number 10. Let's not forget that a part of the True. reason that they stuck with Whitehair was because of his rapport with Trubisky, the communication aspect. There's more to, to, to playing center than being good at snapping. And that's a huge part of it. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But, yes, if we're looking ahead to training camp storylines, there you go. For the third year in a row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on to Ryan Pace here and some of the highlights from our conversation uh, with the general manager yesterday. And, uh, and obviously one of the big – Maybe the biggest story of free agency is losing Adrian Amos to the Packers, but gaining HaHa Clinton Dix um, in that secondary. And um, this is kind of a chunk at the start of the conversation with Ryan Pace yesterday. A few questions and answers on on what went into this move. Uh, not only just signing HaHa Clinton Dix, but actually Ryan Pace starting about kind of how happy he is for Adrian. To get the contract he got. Yeah, yeah. It's Well, he could get a comp pick out of that, too. So, you know, that, that, that could make any general manager a bit happy. But th- this is what happens. Um, look, I think we talked about this just in terms of going from Clinton Dix to, to – or from Amos to Clinton Dix. If you're arguing who's better, give me the guy who's, who's cheaper. Um, you like seeing your own guys get rewarded, but in – Pace's history, when that deal did not come through with Amos last year, you knew this was a possibility. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. He likes to reward his guys um, before they enter the final years of their respective contracts. We've seen it happen with Leno. We've seen it happen with Eddie Goldman. It happens. Keem Hicks, kind of, in a sense. So, look, I don't, I don't want to say the writing was on the wall, but at the same time, I think the Bears could still feel like something good was accomplished, that one of their own homegrown fifth-round picks turned into a big-money free agent, and they could still benefit from the situation. Here's Pace on the safeties. The first thing for Amos is, uh, you know, it's almost one of those deals where you're, you're proud. You know, you draft a guy where we drafted him, and to see him grow as a player and then get the contract that he got, uh, awesome for him, you know. Um, so when that happens, we got to be ready to respond, right? And so this was the f- one of the first or the first free agency where I felt like players really wanted to be here, and you could feel it right off the right off the gate. And Haha was definitely one of those guys. So. Uh, I mean, they're a little they're a little bit different, you know, um, but uh, we're excited about Ha's skill set. You know, he's obviously got good ball skills. He's rangy. Um, we feel like he's interchangeable. He can play free or he can play strong. So combining him with that, he just gives us some flexibility. But the key thing is, Ha Ha really wanted to be part of this. Right. Did you think did the way this, the safety thing unfolded in free agency league wide leave any impression on you? With, it, with mega deals, and you obviously got a discount. Yeah, I think I think Dan, it just goes to show that free agency is different every year because obviously the safety market was much different the year before. You know, so you never know exactly how it's going to unfold. And uh, but we were prepared for every scenario. You know what I mean? So so when that happened. Um, you know, we, his agent was kind of telling us, you know, giving us a heads up that it was heading in that direction. So um, we were happy for Adrian, you know, and that's going to, as hopefully we draft well and we acquire more players, it's going to happen, you know. Maybe we'll be in a position for uh, compensatory picks, you know. Um, that's We've come a long way to be talking about that, you know. So then it was just, okay, our personnel department, Champ Kelly and the guys doing a really good job of determining, okay, what are our options if this happens? 
what, had what, some success with some shorter kind of prove it deals. What do you like about the the contract with Haha and this kind of the situation he's still in where I think he's still 26, 27? Yeah, because he can be a win-win for both sides. Because the, the agent and the player a lot of times, if it gets to that point, they're saying, hey, I want another bite at the apple if I play well. And uh, and sometimes it's you know it's financially advantage for us too. And, and uh, hey, it's, let's just be honest. Usually these one-year deals, they are very motivated, you know. Um, and he has the right makeup and character to come in and play well. And he fits well into the defense. And obviously the familiarity with Eddie Jackson, I think that helped a lot too. Right. You talk about when guys are available, you've got to investigate why. Mm-hmm. What do you think of HaHa's, you know, maybe last year of tape, some of the angles he takes, the yeah. speed at which he plays his tackling? Yeah, I think you know there was a couple things maybe uh, that worked to his disadvantage too, getting traded midseason mm-hmm. like he did. That's always hard, you know. Um, we went back and looked at the totality of, of his work, you know, and all the way back from our college evaluations to his first couple years in the league. I mean, he's a young player, you know, and uh, and just coming into our defense and kind of his state of mind right now. We had a lot of really honest conversations with him, and he was very honest and upfront too. Um, but what jumped out was how bad he wanted to be here. He's kind of coming in with a chip on his shoulder, um, and you can't ask for any more than that. All right, so as we keep it moving here uh, with the free agency conversation, uh, in our interview with Pace and Nagy earlier, I asked Nagy about um, just how rewarding it was to, to see so many free agents want to come to the Bears. Pace addressed this yesterday and and kind of how what kind of impact that had in negotiations. Uh, so here's what he had to say just about guys like Buster Screen and, and HaHa Clinton Dix wanting to come to Chicago. What was really great about it was immediately feeling how bad people wanted to be here. Because to be honest, you know, sometimes you can be in a position where guys just flat out don't want to be there, or if they, or if, if you want them, you have to grossly overpay. And this was a situation where guys were come, really wanting to come here. And I just, just think it speaks to our culture, it speaks to Matt, it speaks to the direction we're heading, um, and that was a good spot to be in. You know, Pace brought that up at the Combine, and... I don't want to say I glossed over it, but I mean, I was just thinking about it kind of in terms of, all right, they're a better team. So, yeah, guys are going to want to especially come play for this defense. Um, but, yeah, when you when, when I heard HaHa and Buster, when we had those conference calls with them after they signed, talk about, you know, seeing how much fun the Bears were having just on TV. <laughs> You know, forget all the stuff behind the scenes in the locker room, and and and. But they're seeing all this on TV, and they're like, "Man, that's that's what I want to play for." And in retrospect, like if you're Ha Ha Clint Dixon, he may have turned down more money from the Redskins. But look at what look at what's going on in Washington right now. Which situation would you rather be a part of? <laughs> you're gonna keep that in, aren't oh, you? Yeah. You're oh, gonna yeah. keep that in there. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So that's allergy like, season. That's like what our third or fourth of those, and were we in our fifth year doing this podcast? Yeah, allergy season is, is, is upon us. You know what? The desert's not supposed to be bad for allergies, but I can't believe you're struggling. Like, cause I feel great. Yeah, oh, well, that's great. You, you are torturing me in this courtyard. You like to work in? Oh, that's great. I'm outside. I'm, I'm sure there's like some type. Maybe it's the flower. Here. There are some I mean, flowers. Yeah. I put you right next to the flowers. Yeah, so they're those are geraniums. Like, my my mom, nose is running. My like, mom like, like geraniums. Yeah, the longer I've been out here, the stuffier I've getting. So I, I need the comforts of air conditioning. I don't even know what you were just talking about anymore. But yes, <laughs> yes, uh, the free agency spending. The Bears are a destination. I get that part. But my general takeaway, 
uh, I don't know if you're, you're going to play this about the the philosophy moving forward, uh, you know, with the extensions and how they're always operating with yeah. with, with with the future in mind. Um, I did this story earlier here from the owners' meetings. How they've given themselves um, a lot of financial flexibility with with the salary cap, and people are like, oh no, Khalil Mack, you got Mr. Missy coming up. How are the Bears going to afford this? You know, some Packers fans on Twitter are kind of reveling in the fact that the Bears have this big contract in the books. No, like there are so many exits for the Bears to reload, replenish. Look, maybe some of those players are good, but you can add a younger guy. Look, there are so many avenues to keep but this thing fluid. But there's going to be a fluid. lot of tough decisions. Yes, yes. Yeah. You, you know what? But they're, they're in this win-now mode, but they're still giving themselves the flexibility to reload, to maybe change certain things to, to make them even better. Um, we know how things play out with injuries, with fits, with a good draft pick that comes in and takes a position away or a starting spot away from a from a veteran. Things are happen things happen. Things are fluid and the Bears have ensured that things will remain fluid for them with the salary cap. Well and and part of that and I shouldn't just say part of that, the biggest the most important thing is that you continue to draft well and develop your own players so that you can replenish the guys that you do have to make the tough decision to let go. So, you know, I thought it was a good question that came up with Pace yesterday. You know, you had two guys in Adrian Amos and Bryce Callahan who one's a mid-round pick, one was undrafted, that came in and were, were developed within this defense. And I think you have to give Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel an enormous amount of credit right. for the development of those two guys. Well, now they go elsewhere, and you just lost those two coaches too. So, how do you keep? Deve- I mean, can you keep developing these guys under Chuck Pagano, uh, a new defensive coordinator? And how is that all going to work? So, here's what Pace had to say uh, on that topic, uh, mainly discussing just losing Callahan and how they need to keep developing some of these guys. I think it's a it's a philosophical approach. So like when Pagano comes in and talks about, you know, hey, look, outside linebacker depth, you know, he'll, Pagano will say it's on us to grow these young outside linebackers. Like we take ownership in that. Like as an evaluator, you love hearing coaches talk that way, you know what I mean, and growing your younger players. Um, so I think it's more just a philosophical belief that that's going to continue to happen. I think, and then a guy like uh, Jay Rogers does an unbelievable job uh, with, the, with the defensive linemen, and I think there's tons of examples. Um, and having Jay still here is huge, so it's exciting. Look, it's it's not easy to see good players leave, and Callahan and Amos are good players. But this happens all the time for good teams. Every year for the Patriots, every year for the Ravens, and those teams traditionally, annually, well, we know the Patriots, the Ravens too, are in the playoffs. This happens. You find your core guys, and you have to ensure you keep some of those core guys. But you know what? Some good players will still be lost in free agency. It happens. Then you start to master the comp process. The Bears have not been in a position to get comp picks in, in forever. They finally are because their roster is in a good spot because they've drafted well. See what Ryan Pace does with it, but I think it's a good situation. It's not easy to see those guys leave. I get it, but this is good. Change can be good, actually, in general for a team that went twelve and four. You know what I mean? Some new yeah. paces, new faces, new coaches, new messages, new competitions. It could be good. Yeah. Um, well, those are the the big highlights I thought from from Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace here in Arizona. Uh, Always good access with those guys here. That's why we like coming to the owners' meetings and, and seeing some of the things that happen here. Um, but we also got a chance to sit down with George McCaskey. 
like right as he walked out of this big vote to uh, change the pass interference rules. And he talked a little bit about that. I think we've we've covered that at this point. But there is a good – we talked over, what, like a half hour? Half hour, yeah. There's a good probably 15-minute chunk. That's what I want to play here right in the – well, it was all good, but specifically 15 minutes here um, in the middle where he touches on a whole lot of different stuff. Um, but in here is a great story about uh, his Super Bowl ring and how he lost it and how they found it and how they replaced it. And it's just it's really interesting. So um, that's in the middle of all this. But we're gonna, it starts actually uh, with talking about his reaction to uh, Ryan Pace being named executive of the year, Matt Nagy being the coach of the year, uh, and what that means to him. Um, pride, gratitude. Um, I think it um, gives us hope for the future and um, looking forward to getting after it in our centennial season. George, from your perch, what have you come to appreciate about Ryan and Matt and their collective sort of relationship and collaboration? Um, that's that's the word I keep coming back to is their collaboration um, uh, seems very sound, uh, productive, uh, respectful. I think they balance each other out um, very well. Um, they seem to get along. And I, I told them from the beginning, you guys don't always uh, need to uh, agree, but the general manager head coach relationship is as important or more important than the head coach uh, slash play caller quarterback relationship. Um, they need to have um, vigorous discussion and the sounding of ideas. Um, and when the discussion is finished and, and the decision is made, they need to move forward together. And I think they do a great job of we, doing that. We've never had a chance to talk to you since the announcement about the, the Thursday night opener, just to be able to play the Packers in that setting for the 199th time. I mean, what does it mean to your family to be able to have that? Uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, the place is rock, going to be rocking. Um, the 199th meeting, we're uh, two behind in the series. So uh, this would be a good season to even things up, I think. To have the, the Grant Park Festival as well with that and to have concurrently be a celebration of the Bears and also the NFL, to get that honor, what does that mean to the organization? Yeah, of course, our focus is primarily on the game. The, the um, ancillary events are really between the city and the league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're going to be um, supportive of, of those things in whatever way they would like us to be, but of course our focus is going to be on the game. Will you try to find your way through Grant Park pregame at any point? <laughs> I don't I don't know what the schedule is, but um, any opportunity we have, um, especially this season, um, to get out and thank our fans for their tremendous support, um, we want to do that. Jordan, anything else about the 100th celebration? Um, any other details that we don't know about yet that you're willing to, to roll out? Uh, well, let's see. Um, uh, where, where's our friend Patrick Finley? <laughs> <laughs> Is this going to be uniforms? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, uh, we expect to have a, um, uh, a major announcement about the uniform um, soon, perhaps as soon as next week. Um, 
Uh, we're um, really looking forward to uh, our community all pros initiative. Uh, we're going to donate a total of a million dollars to charity, uh, $100,000 for each home game, and um, calling on our fans to uh, be involved and help us decide on who should receive that money. So those details will be coming out soon, so we're excited about that. Um, of course, we got the uh, celebration weekend, June 7th, 8th, and 9th at the Rosemont Convention Center. Um, I don't know if it's uh, Fabes. Can you uh, um, fact-check this for me? Um, is it at Celebration Weekend where we'll be unveiling our classic uniform this year? Do you know? Uh, it's possible, yes. All right, it's possible. Yeah, you, do. <laughs> yeah, you, can, you can just reapproach the helmets in there. <laughs> uh, well, actually... Um, that's where we got some uh, really good news. Uh, concussions down 29% in 2018, and they're attributing a lot of the decrease to uh, urging the players to select better-performing helmets. So uh, we're really um, enthused about that development. What's it like? Sorry, what's it like? My voice is gone. Like this guy's good. What's it like seeing your mom be featured in the event like she was last night and also that documentary? Um, this uh, movie, A Lifetime of Sundays, I don't know if you call it a movie or a show, documentary, whatever it is, um, features uh, Virginia McCaskey, Martha Ford, Patricia Rooney, and Norma Hunt, um, and celebrates um, their lives in and around football. And um, it's just very uh, moving and powerful story. Um, they each came to the game via uh, different paths, but their love for the game is um, um, pretty profound. Uh, it's a very touching story. And um, they were all reluctant to do it. And uh, I'm so glad they agreed to do it. Uh, Jane Goodell did a phenomenal job convincing them um, to participate in the project. And... Um, I, I think it was great that um, as many NFL people um, saw it as there were um, because I think um, it, it's helpful to have an appreciation for um, how far this game has come. No one has seen the growth of the league more than your mom. And you can still talk to her about specific games or players that she knows exactly. And how much does she amaze you when you, when you hear her talk about something? Um, she amazes me on a daily basis. Her um, her recall is just phenomenal. Um, she sat for um, a total of uh, 12 hours of interviews with uh, Don Pearson and Dan Pompey for our Centennial book, oh, which is another thing we're um, excited about. And um, I... Um, so they conducted the interview in the living room of her home, and I sat in the kitchen so I could... Um, eavesdrop a little bit and I, I was just uh, blown away by uh, how much she remembers about uh, places events um, players uh, their wives, their families um, um, it, it, it was extraordinary Another history question for you um, Did you attend the parade, the Super Bowl parade after the 85 team won? 
Uh, well, I kind of. Uh, we were in one of the buses, and um, I don't know who ordered the buses, but they had shaded windows, so um, nobody knew that the bus that we were on didn't contain anybody that any Bears fan would be interested in interacting with, but the fans didn't know that. Um, and if you remember, uh, the players realized after a while that nobody could see in the buses, so they got up on top of the buses, um, so the players could, so that the fans could see them. Um, and I guess people were wondering why bus number six that wasn't happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the fans tried to come in the emergency exit, and we were. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I was there, but I didn't see him. I didn't see a lot. Who else was in bus number six? Uh, a bunch of other people that no Bears fan would really uh, <laughs> care too much about. What do you remember about that whole that whole week after the the Super Bowl, the celebration, the way it went, and and on through that whole week? Um, it, it's kind of a blur, yeah. really, because um, uh, we were sleep deprived. Um, my most vivid memory is, you know, just walking down the street with that feeling inside that your team is the best in the world. I mean, it's, it was very satisfying, and and it um, it lasted a long time. Did, did you get a Super Bowl ring? Yeah. Did you, you don't wear it. Um, much? I used to wear it every day, and um, I had a, a little episode where I lost it, so uh, um, I got it back. I was say, did you have an episode where you found it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know how much of this you want to hear, and I don't remember oh, one of them. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think it was a, a preseason game in Cincinnati, and uh, I had my ring on for the trip. And uh, we flew out of the airport, which is in Kentucky, um, on the charter. And at some point on the return flight, I realized that I didn't have my ring with me. And um, I was sick to my stomach. And um, Bob Laskowski, who at the time was our United Airlines rep, and since came to work for the Bears and has been with us uh, for many, many years tore the plane apart for me um you know i I was very embarrassed um our doctors were looking under their seats and uh you know the overhead bins and the seat backs and the pockets uh, it couldn't be found anywhere well um the fact of the matter was it wasn't on the plane and I thought I was hopelessly lost, and I don't remember how much time uh, was passed, but I got a call from a firefighter with the, um, uh, whatever the local fire department is that services that airport, and he said, hey, I was on a, a vehicle on the jetway, and we're trained to look for debris on um, the tarmacs, that could be sucked into a jet engine, and um, I've got your ring. Wow. <laughs> wow. What year are we talking about? Uh, I'm, I'm guessing early 90s. I mean, uh, somewhere I've got my uh, exchange of correspondence with them, but um, 
So, you know, he returned the ring. He didn't want any money, uh, didn't want any reward. We wound up, um, you know, he wound up coming to a Bears game or going to a Bears game. I don't don't remember what the details were. Um, But the ring was smashed. It had gotten run over by uh, uh, one of the airport vehicles. But um, so since then, (laughs) I don't wear it all the time. (laughs) <laughs> and um, I've got my uh, dad's ring from 1963, so um, um, they're both in a safe place. There seems to be a lot kind of coming together this year, the 100th season. Um, the movie with your mom in it, your roster, what you guys did last year, building on it. Do you allow yourself to, to think about, hey, maybe this is the year you get another ring? Uh, well, you think about it every year. I mean, that's the goal. Um, and and you saw it with the Eagles, uh, a worst to first situation, and um, um, we we got a taste last year of of what that can be like. Um, but I thought Matt said it very well um, to the team the day after uh, the playoff loss to the Eagles. Um, you either get better or you get worse. Nobody stays the same. So. Um, you know, if, if you think it's just going to happen for us, you're mistaken. It's going to take a lot of hard work, and the hard work starts in the off season. And you've got to come together, and you've got to be hungry, and um, you've got to get after it. So um, um, that's what we're counting on. It's a um, tough schedule, some good teams um, coming in to Chicago into Soldier Field, and uh, we're, we're playing some good teams on the road. So. Uh, uh, we're looking forward to it. Kind of knowing the importance of the position going up, <coughs> what have you come to appreciate, know, learn about Mitchell just in terms of your maybe private interactions with him watching him play too? Um, um, good, solid upbringing, good family. Um, he's got a good head on his shoulders. His teammates love him. There's just something about him. You know, it's that intangible um, that makes other people uh, want to be around him and, and want to play w- with him and play well with him. And um, work ethic. Um, he gets um, what it means to be starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. Um, you know, I've seen him a couple con- times in training camp. There were there was once in Bourbon A, where um, so it was the you know win the swift stakes or whatever and get your picture taken with uh, Mitchell Trubisky and um, Mitchell knew that he could give the kid something more, and he said, well, "Why don't you go out for a pass? I'll throw you a pass." Well, the kid drops the first one, and he says, "You go out for another one." So he made sure that the kid caught a pass. You know, just a little thing like that. And then I saw him um, more than once at the Walter Payton Center. Kid comes in and he says, hey, will you will you please uh, sign my jersey? And a lot of guys would just scribble something, you know, and, and go on to the next thing. And Mitchell said, well, okay, where do you want it? Do you want it in the front or the back? Because he knew that that kid would treasure that memento, and he wanted to make sure that he did it the way the kid would want it to be if he had it for quite some time. So, um, like I said, he he gets it. 
almost a decade as the chairman, uh, not there, but getting close. What's been, uh, to your way of thinking, the most important thing about this job as chairman of the Chicago Um, I would say um, making sure everybody's on the same page, making sure everybody's pulling in the right direction. And I'm very excited in that regard um, with the collaboration that I talked about between Ryan and Matt. Um, We've got good communication uh, with Ted. Uh, We've got a good structure um, with the expanded Hallis Hall. Um, We're going to have an even better place um, to work together and be with each other together. Um, um, I I, I like where we're headed. Is there a message you'd like to give your fans as to what you would hope the team means to them? Uh, We we know what the Bears mean to to Bears fans, and we're we're just very grateful for that. I've said this before. We, we put our fans through four years of hell, and they stuck with us. And uh, they were rewarded to some extent last year. Um, a lot of people have told me, I can't remember when I had so much fun uh, watching the Bears. Um, seven and one record during the regular season at home. Um, Matt challenged the fans to um, bring back the Soldier Field home field advantage, and they responded. Um, and you could see it building as the season progressed. And those games, those late season games against the Rams and the Vikings and the Packers, uh, that place was rocking. And and that's what we want. We want a distinct home field advantage. We want to um, we want to be respectful, of course, of the visiting team and visiting team fans. But we want it to be a difficult place for uh, visiting teams to play. What did you come to appreciate about the culture that? is in that locker room at Hellas Hall? I think it goes back to um, the type of player that, that they're looking to acquire. Um, they want guys that are going to be good teammates. And um, I, I, I think we've got a good group. I'm very proud of our guys. Did you ever get involved in the club dub? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was four no's, by the way. Super Bowl victory. Well, first of all, oh, I have awesome. not been invited. <laughs> and if I were invited, I would decline. To me, that that's that's a players and coaches thing. But you know, after a Super Bowl victory, you're in? I, I would go down there after a Super Bowl victory. <laughs> I wouldn't dance, but I would go down there. All right, so that kind of brings this whole podcast full circle. I'm telling you. George McCaskey has an Irish jig in him <laughs> to do that dance. It, it's it's there. He's an Irish Catholic, Lorraine High School. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, I'm, but and you heard it from Pace and Nagy earlier. I mean, they, I, it's up to me. It's up to them. Yeah. If there's a Super Bowl victory here, we heard Matt Nagy himself, Matt Chair, right there, said he would want George to dance. He got it, and I think he would. Yeah. I mean. We see how much the, this family lives and dies and yeah. the Bears winning and yeah. losing. They win a Super Bowl. I, I think George is dancing. Right. That's and, what I'm putting my money on. Right. Now we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. But, look, this season, Bears know it. You can feel it from them, starting with Super Bowl aspirations. Well, how about that? And that's why I, you heard me in the, the one of the questions I asked George in there. There's just a lot of uh, 
it all a lot of things seem to be aligning this year. You know, and that doesn't mean anything's going you know, that they're going to win a Super Bowl. But when you put together this 100th year thing with not only the Bears but the NFL, and uh, hey, Kevin Fishbane, Kevin Fishbane from the Athletic, walking by. Well, hey, Kevin, welcome. You, you're welcome to sit down if you want. Yeah, give him like, give him like, and hang out. I think. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Kevin Fishbane surprise visit. We were just wrapping this up. Anyway, Adam was just telling us about how he hates the whole Mighty Duck series, including no, D2? he was <laughs> No, no. We actually, I plan on doing a D two review in this podcast, but I didn't get around to watching it. So that'll be next week. I'm I'm available. We can talk. I'm, I'm here. That's one of the one of the greatest. I'm coming to the conclusion, Kevin, that Adam hates American classic movies from our childhood. What else does he hate? I'm coming to the conclusion that you don't listen to me because I specifically said in that review that I like the Mighty Ducks. I just think that Gordon Bombay was overrated as a coach. Okay. I don't disagree with that. I mean, <laughs> if you if we wanted to skip ahead to D two, um, what what's her name? Who coached for him, essentially. Oh. The trainer. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Wait, the Icelandic one? No, no, no. The the trainer who, um, remember she didn't know how to say change it up, to ch- oh, change yeah. lines. See, I got to go back and watch. I, it's been so long. I'm, I'm going to watch D2 in the next week, and we're going to talk about this next week. Because I people were tweeting at me, too, stuff that like I couldn't remember. Because like, apparently Conway becomes good in the second movie. He does. He's a different role with the team, but he's he's still kind of the captain. You know, D three is big for Conway and the bad and good, but he's not the star in D two. They got they got better players. I'll do a full power rankings of each player for you. Okay, maybe create a depth this, chart. Ooh, this we're, is big. we're onto something here. This is big. Yeah. Well, we were just getting to the uh, talking about how much George missed Pat Finley yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I missed Pat Finley. Who Come on. Who doesn't miss Pat Finley? Me? <laughs> Did you guys just? Right, do you have predictions for what the uniform is going to be? No, we no. haven't that, talked that, about that. That is Pat Finley's area of expertise. I do like. I, I liked your tweet though about the stripes. Well, Nagy, did you put that together? I mean, Nagy said he wants stripes on everything. Yeah, it's like do they, one of the isn't one of the old uniforms like a like navy with an orange with, with, the, verti- with the vertical stripes? Oh, right? the, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Northwestern loves the the stripe. Oh, yeah, they put it. They put it right in the middle, it so took we can't read the numbers. Less than thirty seconds to get to, to Northwestern here. Well, that's what he does. Yeah. Go Cats! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were having breakfast this morning in, in, in the hotel, and there was a woman wearing a Northwestern shirt. She goes, "Oh, he comes like, oh, Northwestern." So, the for, for, forever the a bond. The yes. women's golf team, yes, legendary women's golf yes, team, was at, at our hotel. They're at our hotel, yes. So, well, we have you. What do you think of the the owners' meetings, just in terms of the Bears, the the hour we had with Nagy? We covered the Bitmoji stuff pretty well. The half hour with George McCaskey, the 15 minutes with Ryan Pace. A lot to get through. What, what are your general takeaways? You know, it's, it's funny because when we talked to Ryan and Matt the week after the loss, and they were, you could tell they were, I mean, Nagy was fidgeting during that entire press conference. He wanted to get out of there. He was not, they, neither of them were very happy about, and I think now that time has passed and they know what they have and coming to next season, it, it was interesting to see them so happy and so energetic. And I mean, this is, everyone's kind of relaxed out here. No one's lost a game yet. So I, I think a lot of teams probably have that. But with these guys, you could, you could tell, like, like legitimate, um, you know, enthusiasm for, for the season from all, all three of them. Well, I mean, I think we can all agree they have a pretty good team. Yeah. yeah. We were just saying before yeah. Kevin 
you know, walk by and eavesdrop. That's why I was so, well. Yeah, how everything kind of is aligning this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the 100th year thing, the Virginia McCaskey movie, and the celebration in Grant Park that's going to kick off the year. It just New Hallis Hall. The yeah, the facilities too. Yeah. I did. You know, that's another thing. Yeah, Adam Johns asked about that about 17 times this week. You can read about it in the Chicago Sun Times tomorrow. I will. I'm a subscriber. Chicago Sun Times. Do you, appreciate that. Are you more obsessed with the new facilities than I am about rules? Ooh. Probably, no, probably, probably not. Probably not. Because this will this this will this will end after this year. Your obsession with rules will continue. The first time someone challenges a non-pass interference call. Oh yeah, it's can't wait. You're gonna be fired. Are, are you guys a little disappointed that John Fox is not a head coach for this season for with the new <laughs> with the new rules? <laughs> Just to see what if he challenges and be able to ask him about the challenge after the game. There probably would be some way with the new rules that he would challenge a pass interference call, and it would result in the other team getting the football. Yeah, yeah. He'd yeah. find a way to do it. Yeah, like he if if they called it and he didn't realize <laughs> it and he throws the flag and then they look at it and it shouldn't have been called and they take it oh, off yeah, the board. Then yeah, then the team automatically gets a touchdown. Yes, <laughs> against the. Exactly. You know, it's all hard. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all. It's, I, I'll say one thing, Kev. We miss having the "What Does the Fox Say?" segment. I liked that oh, segment. Yeah. That was a good segment. The, Nagy's got. A, I mean, you, they're not necessarily mockable, but they, <laughs> is that a word? They're not. Well, what like, are you saying about our, our analysis? Well, of, <laughs> to his credit, do we even have one Nagy thing on our soundboard? Oh no! Oh, you got to get because he doesn't give us that. You got to get the cheeseburger line on there. Yeah, right? there's gonna be a couple things from yesterday that's gonna get. No, then, yeah, we got a lot. Had you ever seen him as excited as he was when he showed us the bitmoji? I don't think I had ever seen him that giddy over something non-footbally. Or I guess this yeah, is football. Yes, yes. Oh yeah, he, he was. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we have a little bit of breaking news specifically for you, our listeners. At this point, in the podcast have already heard this, but there's a Ryan Pace bitmoji. Ooh. confirmed. Mm-hmm. How's the hair? Not as good as his actual hair, but it's pretty it's decent. It's hard to replicate that in Bitmoji form. Adam's, yeah. Oh, I was going to say replicate. Adam's trying with his haircut. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> you look just... I've had this haircut for like four years, by the way. You lie. Before Pace? I honestly don't remember. I've had it for a long time. <laughs> I, I, am, I am jealous when I see Ryan's hair because I'm losing mine. You're, you're more like Nagy. I'm gonna. I'm going to. I'm going to look like every offensive coach on the Bears in probably a year or two. You could get hired. I could. I could. I mean, well, it, your doppelganger, doppelganger, Mike Glennon, is now bald. Up yeah. Top. So you got Nagy, Helfrich, Furry, and tight ends coach Kevin Gilbride and Dave Ragone, right? He is yes. Bald. Yes. So five coaches with the bald beard combo. Nagy actually made a joke about that yesterday when was it you who brought up the Ohio State thing? Oh yeah, and he goes, "Don't oh, that was Mike Furry." That was Mike Furry. <laughs> well, I had a, I had a situation for remember the season when we confused Halfrich and Gilbride uh, during the drop kicks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we we're trying to figure out who which coach was doing drop kicks on the field and we just assumed it was Halfrich. And then I you know I wrote a story about it so I was trying to talk to Halfrich about it and then found out it was just the other the, the other, other ball offensive coach, yeah, Kevin Gilbert. You can read that story at The Athletic, by the way. Wow. I subscribe. That's called an athletic. Yes. Right? That's what he just did. Plug. Yeah, plug. Mark Potash loves those. The plugs. The plugs. Oh, Mark Potash loves everything. 
He never gets worked up about it. <laughs> then one day at the combine, he literally loved everything because <laughs> he liked all our tweets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what happens if um, if this becomes your guys' like highest-rated, most popular podcast episode? How will you know it's not because of this segment where you just invited the, me the in The surprise fishbane segment? It's possible. It's possible. Yeah. I guess you'd have to do some like focus groups and, and try to figure out what was it that, you know, Drew you in. I can't imagine you guys had anything else else earlier on the show that was more as riveting as this conversation exactly. right now. No, 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 no. Not, not at all. No. So yeah. So if if the ratings go up, listen, I'm 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 available. You have any jokes you want to get in on any of our colleagues? This this is the time. Oh, about our colleagues? Yes. This oh, is the time. I don't we, I don't throw colleagues under the bus. Not under the bus. Just, I don't. Just no. This, this is the time. That's what know. this we podcast do. is for. Yes. He's thinking. I don't like he you putting me on the spot. Yeah, like yeah. That. Your, your next segment. We did. We did discuss Dan Durkin's question to Matt Nagy yesterday. That, didn't oh, really that come was. Up. That was a good. That was. That was fun. It's actually a good question. But he got. That's call, what we said. Yeah, but but he called himself a jackass over yeah. it, and Nagy said, "Yes, you are." And, <laughs> <that's right. laughs> and, and you know what? You know what I love about Nagy though is he transitioned seamlessly to that exchange to giving a really interesting good answer, yeah, answer yes, was a good to answer. that yes, question. Yes. Yeah. Um, which yeah, was a good, and it was a question I don't. We had not really talked to him about that during. That's no, a great answer. Yeah. yeah. So that was uh, that, that was that was a funny exchange. Um, if you're uh, listening, you can actually rewind and re-listen to it again. That's true. And then you can listen to this segment again. Come back. Yeah, that's the great thing about a podcast. Back and forth. It's like a DVR. You can, you can go back, listen. You can fast. You can fast forward to the segment. There might be some people that that don't want to listen to it. Has, has John's been watching any of the best? Does he know the NCAA tournaments going on? No, I do. No idea. I do. So my son, my five year old son, picked Oregon to go to the Final Four. That's not very nice. Do you know how happy I am that he? They're in the Sweet Sixteen. He's looking yeah. good right now. I'm aware that Oregon has <laughs> made it past the first round. Pat Finley is happy that you said Oregon. Is Pat's it, big on pronunciations. It's Oregon, of, right? Yeah, it is Oregon. Yeah. Oregon. Well, Oregon is in Wisconsin. There's a town south of Madison, and that actually is Oregon. And Oregon beat Wisconsin. Oregon beat Wisconsin. Yeah. Oregon did not. This is this is turned riveting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, we should go. Thanks for listening to this. I do edition need to go yes. because I have to spend like three hours editing all this together and getting. On Can an you airplane. take my sneeze out of it? No, that's staying in. He sneezed. He's had some huge sneezes this week. I think that's <laughs> one. Of the, that's one of the storylines of the owners' meetings. You got rules change. You got a hundred celebration. You got Virginia McCaskey documentary and Adam John sneezing. Sneeze. Man sneezes. Oh, they, Loud, powerful. They're, they're, they're big. Sammy Sosa hurting your back type sneezes. Yeah. Man sneezes. That's that's funny. All right, we got to get out of here. It was a good show. It was a long show. Yeah, thanks for stopping by, Kev. A lot of good stuff. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic. Who else do we hear from? Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace. George oh, yeah, those Kasky, guys. All those guys. I think they don't compare to Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic, though. Yeah. No way. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Tons of things to read online. Please go do that. WGNRadio.com slash Bears, ChicagoSuntimes.com. Again, we're on Spotify now. Big development, Fishbane. Spotify. It's a thing. Does Johns know what Spotify is? I do. I do. <laughs> I do. That's where he gets his classic rock. Yes. Uh, it's true, actually iTunes, Google Play, all those other places you know. They're everywhere, baby. Rate and review the podcast. Kev, you're here. Anything you want to plug? You had like four million words yesterday. Yeah, go to the athletic. Hey, we've got uh, we've got some deals on there, so forty percent off. 
At what point does that just become the price that you guys charge? It's always 40% off. It just depends on the day. But uh, we, we do have an NFL a, a deal leading into the NFL draft. So hey, check that out. Guess what? This podcast is free. It's also 40% off free. Talk to you next time.